episode 217 above ground podcast hemispheres disclaimer the hosts of this podcast timothy patrick and will foley are by no means medical professionals however having lived experience with mental illness themselves they have gained useful perspectives on common mental health issues that some of us struggle to overcome on a daily basis by sharing their stories they hope to create connection by creating connection they hope to help you find your purpose and through purpose we can all begin to build the foundation for positive mental health. This is Above Ground Podcast. Coming at you live with real conversations about mental health from the perspective, it's time for Above Ground Podcast. Now your hosts, TPP and Will Foley. Hey, everybody. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Welcome to Above Ground Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for... Coming back and checking us out again. Tuning in yet again. And if you have any new listeners, we appreciate you taking a chance on us. That's Don't right. forget to hit that subscribe button. Crush the subscribe. Crush the like. Crush the thumbs up. Crush <laughs> it all. <laughs> crush the thumbs up. Crush your thumb with a hammer. Crush your thumb with a hammer. But don't do that because that wouldn't be good. Yeah. And then they'll call and blame us. And, uh, you know. I know. But you know what you can do, actually? Because we haven't gotten one over a year's. Um, we would love a nice review on Apple Podcasts. That's true. We haven't gotten a review in a while. So go back and check out Above Ground Podcast and give us a review at Apple. Apple Podcast, that is. Yeah, just say hi and we listen and, and we enjoy it. That's simple. That's right. Even if you, you don't listen, just day. tell us. Just tell us you listen. You know. What <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the life is comedy. Life is a tragic comedy, yeah. after all. You know how the brain works. Yeah, and you know what the study of the brain is as it tell relates us. to the nervous system. Tell us, well, it's called neuroscience. <gasps> neuroscience. I'm not a scientist. I just pretend to be one behind a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to be neurosculpting? Ah, uh, yeah, we're going to be neurosculpting. All right, neuroscience is the study of how the nervous system develops, and the structure of the brain and what it does, the structure of the nervous system and what it does, and how it impacts our behavior and cognitive function. And neuroscience is actually used to help find treatments for mental illness, which there's a lot of people studying these things. However, the, I mean, you do see a lot of commercials for, for newer drugs on TV at times, hmm. but there hasn't really been in, at least in my estimation, a really big change in psychopharmaceuticals for a while. Cause they all seem to still be the pretty, the ones that we are all used to anyway, <laughs> hearing about. Yeah. Yeah. So, no. but. We, the brain is a very, very complicated organ, and there's so many parts to it that we did. This kind of stemmed for me. I, I found an article recently about they found that there's actually a brain function issue with people with borderline personality disorder when they are rejected. And they found that. I have to find the the thing here that I was reading today. 
find it, Will. I have. It's so, it's so so researchers have identified a brain region called the rostromedial prefrontal cortex. So in the prefrontal cortex, and it reacts differently to social rejection in individuals with borderline personality disorder. Fun. And they say that the region is more active during episodes of rejection. And it's characterized by heightened sensitivity to rejection and emotional instability. Sounds about right. Yeah. So I wonder if if you're dealing with the basic um, emotions that most of us would, but then all of that other stuff on top of that, like another layer because of the... It seems like the part of the brain that's not working... The research findings, oh, they don't really talk too much about what the findings are. They I, just don't display activity when they're rejected. So that activity part of the brain doesn't fire. Hmm. So they're more so, because that part doesn't fire... It explains why people with borderline personality disorder are more sensitive and more distressed by rejection. Right. And they're actually doing this study here in New York at, at the at, no a CUNY, at a CUNY school in New York. Yeah. Okay. I know that um, like mental pain and physical pain show up in the same spot. Like they, it lights up the same in the brain. Like that would it, make a lot of sense. Yeah, it can't distinguish like. You know, just as as sometimes it can't distinguish um, the past from the present, it it just it just distinguishes it as the event. Like if you cut yourself on a knife, you know what I mean. But you could cut yourself on a knife on Monday, and then six months down the road, think about that, and your brain actually picks it up as it actually is happening. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty. That's. It's amazing how, well, we, we, we've talked about this before because uh, we've interviewed um, some energy workers and people that have mm. done some stuff. And I had asked, we've asked about, it's amazing that all of your whole entire body runs between the top of your head and the base of your spine. So it's in that area that all your nerves are and everything else. But it's amazing that your brain is what, is. there's so many parts to it. So it's many. so... Well, we start with the largest part of the brain, which is the highly evolved cerebrum. That is the big, mushy part on your head that's got <laughs> all the things, and it's broken into the two hemispheres, yeah. being the left and right, right hemispheres. And then there's tons of nerves in the brain, and those nerves go directly to the muscles and sense organs in the head and the neck and the upper body. And... The brain and spinal cord all work together. There's fluid in there, which makes it even more important to stay hydrated, which I'm not doing very well at these days. No. No, but it is important because your body is made up of 70% water, and I do notice that I get brain foggy a lot when I'm not hydrated mm -hmm. enough. Plus, even your even your movement, your muscles need, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's like a fresh oil change on your car, and your, if your oil is low on your car, it's not going to run as well. So the left hemisphere controls the movement of the right side of the body, which is ironic, but um, it actually is specialized uh, for the ability to speak and language comprehension. 
and then the right hemisphere controls the movement of the left side, and that is specialized uh, to some of the aspects of spatial processing, uh, three-dimensional objects, and it appears to be important for non-literal aspects of language, such as metaphors. So that's interesting that we have a specific yeah. part of our brain that we actually have to use to pick up metaphors. And I, reading that, I never knew that, so it makes sense to me why certain people don't understand oh, sure, when yeah. I'm talking to them now. Because I talk a lot in metaphors. Well, not only that, but a lot of people... Um, what the heck is it called? Like your um, nonverbals. Your, you know what I mean? Your nonverbals, your facial... Like movement. your facial expressions yes. and stuff? Some people can't read... Like, I'm not good with those. I personally am not good with them. Like, if I was to do this, you wouldn't be... Or... I mean, I would I would know you're doing it, but I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? Oh, so you wouldn't pick up if somebody no. was... You don't pick I'm up really facial at, no. cues from sadness? Like, anger? Like... um. I think I'm more aware of it now, but I I used to be horrendous at it, you know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, not everybody can. That's what I, that's why yeah, I was just no, saying, that's, that's what, what I was saying. asking. Like I don't I it's just I don't think it's something that um you know, I I don't know. I I mean, I don't know if it's something that some people just don't fully develop with or or what. But I I just know that I'm not great with it. <laughs> Um, the cerebral hemispheres are mapped out uh, into four large regions, which are the frontal lobe, the temporal lobe, the parietal lobe, and the occipital lobe. Oh, yeah. A lot occipital, occipital. Occipital. Yeah, yeah, I think that's one, how. You, yep. With one of each on either half of the brain, the frontal lobes form the front of the cerebrum and they start directly behind the forehead important for executive functioning and the frontal lobes are also involved in decision making attention producing voluntary movements and speech with various voluntary and involuntary abilities what is it would it be an involuntary ability like burping maybe is yeah. that an involuntary because yeah. you're not doing it voluntarily necessarily right. i think and i think that might be also um I could be wrong, but like maybe like your your uh, your kidneys are are just working. You know? What oh, I mean? like body function is yes. is not something that I you could have to be do. wrong, but that's that's what's coming to my mind. Yeah. Yeah, involuntary abilities. Yeah, I guess the pumping of your organs. Yeah, I guess that would be involuntary. Like we don't yeah. sit here and go like we. Have, oh, I got to pump my kidney. Right. right. They, we we don't. You know, it it they it just happens. You know, we're <laughs> thank thankfully it just happens. <laughs> The uh, parietal lobes are located behind the frontal lobes, and they contain primary sensory areas involved in processing information about taste, touch, temperature, and movement. So important about senses. Ah. So it's amazing how, as we look at the brain, and I've never like read so much about specific things about the lobes mm. like this, it's... As, as I'm reading this, it's interesting that our brains are broken into compartments that do the different functions. So we're actually compartmentalizing our brain because one part does this, but mm. the other part does that. It's just interesting because, 
yet we're all trying to be whole, but yet our brain is even in yeah, different I, sections. I agree, and I, that's why, like, it's almost like I've said to myself, it's like you're, it's like a battle of the mind because our mind is the way, our mind is our mind. It's just the way it's built. And sometimes in order to, you know, break free out of that, uh, you know, habitual cycle, you have to kind of battle against it and, and like work against it and train it to do, you know, which is, you know, more or less of, of the, because of, because of neuroscience, we've found the, the plastic, you know, plasticity or whatever the heck they yeah, want to call it. Neuroplasticity. Yeah. You know, we found that the brain is more, it's like a rubber band. It, it can change and it can, it, you know, you can stretch it out and, it, and, and it's, just it's that way where you can learn basically learn new shit you don't have to be you don't have to be stuck and go hey you know what this is me this is the way i am i have depression and that's the end of the story like no like we've this is science we found that like there you're you can change and you can decrease your symptoms and you can you can get better well, that brings up an interesting question to me because we a couple weeks ago uh, we talked about Tim's book, "Never Underestimate the Power of You," and um, I like I I liken like writing a song or or a book or putting something together in a creative project is releasing something, hmm. right? Does your brain? Do you feel like you can learn more now after you wrote the book and were able to put that stuff down? Did that change your brain on a on a level that you noticed at all? Did you feel different, lighter? You know, when I was doing it, I was like, there was a part of me that was like, when this is done, I'm going to be like more relaxed and like lighter because, you know, it just felt like I wasn't under any pressure. It was myself. Like I got to a point, you know, when you get to the, you see the end and you're like, you're excited and anxious and all these things going on. So it just, it makes you feel, you know, extra tense and stressed. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if, um, I think I, I think I feel lighter in the sense that, um, I'm happy and I'm proud of myself for accomplishing it sort of thing, you know, but, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's, as you know, it can be very easy to go back into, fall back into old patterns. Oh, absolutely. You know, it, it could take a, a, a pebble sometimes to trip you up and, and boom, there you are right back at it. All right. And then next thing you know, you're starting all over again. Right. Mm -hmm. But the idea is to start all over again. Right. You just you keep going. Yeah. Doesn't matter because how it's, long it's been. You're not really you're not really starting from scratch, you know, you might be starting over again the process, but you know, the stuff that you've done you, you don't like it's not diminished. It's not, you know, you don't invalidate all the work that you did before because you know, you're not when you're starting over, you're just you're starting the process like that piece over. I can't really put it into words, but, um, yeah, you're not really starting the whole thing over because any of the progress that you made is there. So it's just, it's just a matter of like learning to swim. You know, you jump in and you start, you know, you, you start to do whatever, you know, tread water 
and you're like, oh, like you, you just keep trying and trying. And then you go to the, you, you kind of doggy paddle over to the ladder and you take a breath and you take a breather and you sit there and you go, okay, now I'm going to do it again. And you get back out in the water and you tread again. You know, you just keep doing, you just keep at it. Like you said. It's about repeat, rinse and repeat, right? right. Sort of. Repeti- oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, uh, yeah, it's definitely about repetitive stuff. I mean, that's it's funny because they say, like, you know, a lot of people say like 30 days if you do this. And it's, it's, it's more, it's more. I thought in Caroline, Caroline Leaf, in your book, I think it said that it was like, thir- if you do it for 35 extra days or something. Yeah, yeah. Because something. it's like. Th- it's like you do it for 30 to kind of learn it, but then you have to do 35 more on top of that to actually integrate it. Integrate it. it. Right. That sounds and right. It's and interesting it's about being repetitive. And it's interesting that we're talking about the repetitive stuff because that gets us to the temporal lobes. And the temporal lobes being on the sides of the brain. Is that the memory? They contain the primary auditory cortices and process information from the ears. So there's your... There's your listening. They also work with the occipital lobes to process visual information. But the temporal lobes are heavily involved in learning and memory. So the repetitive stuff. And the the medial temporal lobe contains the important structures of the hippocampus and the amygdala. Boom. Boom. And then the occipital lobes form the back section of the cerebrum and they are the primary visual cortices and are crucial for your vision. Like you so, said, it's, it's so involved, man. But it's, it's, just, it's like, it's in, it's, it's, it's almost like, whoa, like it's almost mind blowing to sit here and, mm. and think about it. Cause that thing is here. Right. And then when you think about all the stuff that you've heard told to you about yourself from other people that like actually isn't anything accurate Mm -hmm. like you're like oh well i guess if this muscle whatever this thing is it underneath my skull cap here is anything it's like wow there's a lot of stuff going on up there man yeah and like you said if it's it's almost like it, the job of the brain is is to put it in pattern, you know, retain it and just look for the patterns, you know. So if if it's a pattern, it'll pick up on that pattern. Whether it doesn't it doesn't put it in categories. It, your brain doesn't realize that hey, this is positive or negative. It's it's just the pattern of it. Wow! And then you're covered up. <laughs> the cortex, the cerebral cortex is the thin outermost layer of the cerebrum, and it extends across all the brain's lobes, but it's only one and a half to five millimeters in width. Eesh. It's composed of neurons that make up our gray matter, and the gray matter is interlinked uh, with the rest of the brain's nerve fibers, and they that make up the brain's white matter. And they're the gray, yeah, they're the gray ridges that we see, like, in the brain. That's what that is. My gray hairs. The gray. Yeah, like your gray hairs. (laughs) Pretty soon you're going to have to shave your head like me, I'm just saying. I know, I know, I'm fighting it. Leave me alone. (laughs) Lay off me, I'm starving. 
And beneath the cortex, oh, beneath the cortex are buried a bunch of... What? Really, really core, core structures that serve important functions. <laughs> important functions. The thalamus. Thalamus, okay. The thalamus, man. I've heard that. It's an integral part of the system of sensory processing. And it's also involved in movement, emotion, memory, and other functions. Hmm. The brain contains two thalami, one on either side. I like them apples. And then the hypothalamus is below the thalamus, and that plays a role in bodily regulation, including body temperature, sleep, and wakefulness, hunger. It releases, and the release of stress hormones. Oh, it does? Cortisol and other hormones, yep. The hypothalamus produces a number of hormones, including oxytocin, dopamine, vasopressin, and others. Oh, all right. It's directly connected and influences the functioning of the pituitary gland. There you which go. Which also releases hormones into the bloodstream, which may mean... So if, you, if, you're, if you're having a, a... I don't know if that would be like an endocrine thing, or if you're having a, a, a thalamus issue, then you could end up having mental health issues. Right, because if that is if that is sure, I mean, you're talking about oxytocin and dopamine, so you're talking about two very important chemicals. And even the cortisol. Well, right, and the like, right, because it's in the control of the release of the stress hormone and other hormones. So I just real I just found out um, pretty recently that. Um, to, to like, you need some cortisol, you need that balance of, of those things. I, I never realized that too little cortisol is actually deathly. It could be, it's very bad. Yeah. I'm not surprised by that because our bodies make cortisol and anything our bodies make, we need that bit of it. It's when we get more of it mm. and our bodies like me with You're cholesterol, right. like I produce more cholesterol than other people. Oh, I see what you're it's saying. Because sometimes it's not, yes, it can be diet, and a lot of times it's diet, but some people do just produce just, more, they just, their bodies are different. Hmm. That's a good way to look at it. You know, if your body produces it, obviously it's, hmm. And then we've got our favorite almond-shaped, the amygdala. Amygdala. Amygdala also helps. Integrate emotional aspects of experience into memory. Yay. And produces fear-based memories and learning. Yay. Oh, my goodness. No wonder why those almonds are so peculiar. (laughs) 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 Yeah, those are fun. You know, and I I think that the, I think you, it's when, I think when there's a major problem is, is that, it's it's overactive, an overactive amygdala. Yeah. Well, for some re- for some reason they are kind of the you know that is almond. They are kind of nuts. Ah, true. <laughs> Ooh, that was cool. <laughs> it was like, I was like whoa, whoa, what was yeah. that? And the amygdala and its neighbor, the hippocampus. Hippocampus are. Two major components of our limbic jukebox, the limbic system. That's right. 
And the hippocampus is named because it resembles a seahorse's shape. And it's central to the creation and filing away of memories. I did not know this. It is also involved in spatial processing and the ability to find one's way around. There are two hippocampi in the brain, along with the amygdalae. They are major parts of the limbic system. And the clusters of neurons are called the basal ganglia. And they're important basal for coordinating the basal ganglia. Yeah. yeah, they're important for coordinating physical movements, including habitual behaviors. See, too much, um, too much cortisol actually um, is what stim- overstimulates the amygdala. It heightens stress levels. I mean, because it's the stress hormone, so obviously it's going to heighten stress levels. But it um, it actually decreases activity in the hippocampus. Hmm. Yeah. Then we get to the cerebellum. And in Latin, the word cerebellum means little brain. Does it? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. And it's packed with 50% of the neurons contained in the entire nervous system. Hmm. Jesus. Yep. It's located at the rear and toward the bottom of the brain, beneath the cerebrum, and behind the brainstem. It contains two hemispheres of its own, each containing an outer layer of gray gray matter and an inner area of white matter. So I guess if you pulled the gray matter back, it would be white underneath. Oh, well, thank you for sharing that. I guess. <laughs> well, this is faces of death, after yeah, all. Yeah, you know, I know. We're gonna, crash, we're course crack the crash course in brain, brain surgery. surgery. Yeah, that's what I... <laughs> Then from the cerebellum, because the cerebellum plays a central role in controlling the body's movements and also the learning of physical tasks. And it's bases on signals from the inner ears and muscles. And the cerebellum enables the body to maintain balance and posture. And then the very last part of the brain. And then your science lesson is done today, boys and girls. We get to the brainstem. Ooh. Ooh, and the brainstem situated at the bottom of the brain and made up of three main parts the midbrain, the pons, and the pizza de la resistance, what? the medulla oblongata. <laughs> the medulla oblongata. The midbrain is. is the highest part of the brainstem. And. Among other functions, it's responsible for certain reflexes, helps process visual and auditory information, and contributes to the control of eye movement as well as other body movements. Then, the pons, which from the Latin is for the word bridge, is a base for connections between different parts of the brain, including between the cerebellum and the cerebral cortex, as well as between the cerebellum and the medulla. And it contains endpoints of several cranial nerves that link the face region in the brain. So that go, maybe the pons is affected when people have strokes then, if people don't get function back to their face, maybe? Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. Me trying to play scientist over here. And then we got the medulla, the medulla oblongata. <laughs> it's the lowest part of the brainstem. And it's important for the control of basic involuntary functions, such as breathing, Digestion, heart rate, 
certain reflexes like gag or sneezing, and it is directly joined with the spinal cord and helps to carry signals from the spine to the rest of the brain. So, boys and girls, Colonel Sanders was right. The medulla oblongata is very important. (laughs) (laughs) No, Colonel Sanders, you're wrong. Yeah, no, Colonel Sanders was right. (laughs) You know what? um, I, I... um, I just want to point out, like, that normally, like, you, you talk about, like, neuroscience and the brain, you don't, you don't think much of the nervous system, but as you just showed us, the nervous system is a huge aspect to, of it, to this, and I think that is part of the reason why there's a lot of people that focus on trying to calm the nervous system, because I think that can be a big piece for people. You know, once you can calm the nervous system and learn to calm the nervous system, some of the other stuff may dissipate. I wonder if it's just in the language, because I'm hearing you say nervous system over and over again. And the thing is, is that it's it's not a nervous system. It's a nerve system. Mm. It controls the nerves because your brain controls every function of your body. Right. So it's not like, and I think that maybe like when we look at it, like nervous, oh, the nervous system. Oh, like it's, it's kind of scary and it's in and of itself. Like we kind of already, we kind of give it a whipping already by saying the nervous system. But I understand why it's called the nervous system because it's, but. Um, I just want to go back because I was, I butchered the word plasticity earlier. So like neuroplasticity. Um, which I think I even mentioned in my book, but um, it's the ability of neural networks in the brain to change through growth and reorganization. It is when the brain is rewired to function in some way that differs from how it previously functioned. These changes range from individual neuron pathways making new connections to systematic adjustments like cortical remapping. So it's, you know, it's like we, it's like we say in, in, you know, layman's terms, it's changing the way you think, and then it's going to change the way you live and see things and do things, you know, and it's, again, that repetitive, that repetitive things, the repetitive motions is going to relay, uh, not repave those neural pathways, you know, because they're laid, they're already laid. You know, we talk about the the needle and putting it on the the record. Like those those neural pathways in that record are, are have been laid, you know, since birth. You know, so they're there ingrained, um, and we may not be able to fully change those. So we learn to do what we can, and then lay new pathways that might kind of bypass them and, and learn ways how to handle um handle ourselves and change our reaction to what's happening and you can't change a highway all at once no change it piece by piece so just fix the part of the highway that's broken you may not even have to fix the whole highway that's true like do some road work put a construction crew on there and see what you got going on because as we as we proved by going through the pieces of the brain and doing the brain surgery it's almost it's so complicated to think of this organ that's in our body, man. Like it's it's just it's wow. 
<laughs> it's science. Like, it's just crazy <laughs> yeah. to every time. Like, I'm amazed because I'm curious about it because it's interesting how this thing up here that provides all these functions and allows us to actually be like have a personality and all these things that it's it's really just energy hmm. it, it, that's yeah. it i mean if you break it down to the very very core like cell that's all it is is energy there's nothing there but You're yet right. it creates but yet the energy comes together and it creates these things that grow out of it and they grow out of this little thing that is your sense that is your spine like it literally is this small thing that grows everything grows off the spinal count column and, and it's cool that we can influence that kind of stuff too right you know like our nervous system you know through either deep breathing um different practices like yoga you know even just you know walking on your grass barefoot can even help yeah grounding um you know it, it's that's what i mean like these are the things that i learned and i'm like wait a minute like these are like everyday things that most people can do that can help <laughs> like i don't know if people know these things well again though know? i think it comes to the point where they're almost so simple like if if somebody was to say hey if you want to take your shoes off and walk down your lawn for 20 minutes every day for a week you would feel so much better people would be like what yeah, what do you mean but it's true you're right it's true people and it but people don't they they it's too simple for them but yet you know but yet you know we have to go to places and have extravagant traditions and books and stuff and be told and led and yet we can't I got you. You know, no, you're right. I, you're right. It's tough, man. It's tough. Right. It's like it's. It's. I think that the human be... condition is an interesting <laughs> is an interesting conundrum to solve. Oof. Yeah, I don't even know if I would even attempt to to solve it. Well, I we like are to... attempting to solve it. We're well, attempting to solve our. I like to piece to, of it. To put a spotlight on it. You know, I don't know if uh, if I'm approaching it as solving anything. It's just. Um, making people more aware of it and, and getting the conversation started so that way they can, you know, continue it. Like, just like this could have provoked somebody just enough to go, hey, you know what? The neuroscience thing that we were talking about is pretty cool. Like, now let me, you know, take that step into, you know, the deep dive and, and start researching it for myself and reading up about it. You know what I mean? Hey, shit, even just reading that made me want to go learn the, yeah, more. That's I mean, what I mean. Super, I'm curious. You know, With curiosity. I think curiosity plays a big part in this. Absolutely. And, does. and a couple of weeks ago, we talked about self love. Mm -hmm. Do you think curiosity yes. is a big part of self love? Where, when you said that, that's where and, my head went. Yeah, I was like, because, and again, our brain, like, we're talking about a very complicated set of processes and, and functions that, and, and that's org and things of and matter I think that. it goes to again it's in patterns and it goes to like what's quick and available so if it's quick to judge somebody we're gonna just judge somebody right it's quick it's, if it's quick to go to that automatic thought that you've always had about anything right it's there and it doesn't matter it's if it's a pause bi right. that we can take and go hey you know what let me get curious not judge and get curious and say hey you know will why What's going on? Like, you're acting a certain way. Maybe, you know, you know, instead of like, hey, you know, Will's just mad and he's being a jerk. So let's let's punish him back and, and get get him like and well, you can't be punitive. That's what like, I mean. You can't. There's certain things that 
can't be treated punitively. Oh yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Now, I'm saying, but, but don't if you get got me wrong. Curious, at a certain curious, time, that punitive yeah. stuff has to come in. But because... if you get curious about it, then you can go. That allows you that that break, and you get curious to go. Hey, you know, let me ask you some questions. You know what I mean? Right. And that and asking maybe if you get through three questions, that could lead to go. Oh, wait a minute here. Like I was wrong. You know, Will's not just an asshole. He's got some stuff going on, and now I'm going to hear. I'm going to sit here and listen with him, and you know, listen to him, and, and see what's going on, and try and help him. You know, just that little minute of being curious can it, it can do a lot. Well, curiosity is like a really big part of it. It and did kill the cat, though. Nothing killed the cat because cats have nine lives. I know. You're sure. you. I want to be funny. <laughs> you cat haters. <laughs> you know what they say about cat haters? No, they're not good people. Well, you know. <laughs> Shoot, I was gonna say something about uh, what were we just talking about? About <laughs> about the brain. No, I know, but like the self love and the curiosity and oh, you have to be curious about why you're feeling a certain way or why you're triggered or why yeah. this or what yes. about it yes. is that isn't you like what is it you have to go back because again and we talk about this all the time it's never that first emotion you feel it's never the anger because that's right. not really what you're it's not really what you're fighting it's something else in you. So that takes over the brain because the brain can be hijacked easily, especially when you don't know your blind spots. Oof. That's a and great it, way to put it. But it's true. Okay, you're right. We have blind spots. We all have blind spots. Oh, but you can be hijacked very easily. And it's and it's it's hijacking. And it, I and I see in it. I've witnessed it in real time. I witness it all the time. And I said this to you before, I witness it. it, I witness it in certain relationships in my life. I witness it with, I witness it with people that I feel I can be that way with because I don't feel like I would be misunderstood Mm. sometimes. Okay. And that, and that's really what it is. Like, yes, I might be mad, but I'm not. Right. Uh, It's not that I'm trying, like, I'm not. You know, the, yeah, you feel comfortable with the person, yeah, right. So, so you think, but but that does not always help. But it's always, but it's been a thing my entire life that I've noticed now that I just started to think about this over the last few you're weeks. Not, you're not, you're not seeing a therapist, are you? I don't have a therapist currently because my last therapist I right. stopped seeing, but I'm still involved in my therapy stuff that I'm on. But I, the thing is, is that. I needed I don't want to talk about my shit Directly. anymore right now because there's other things that I'm trying to I got do for myself that I need to do before I'm going to go spew a bunch more shit cuz I don't I don't need to rehash my story no, know, to but, another therapist again but that but that piece of it is something that but it's important be to have somebody though that you can talk to yeah and yes and then it is true but i didn't think i hadn't really that insight hadn't really come full circle yet like i it was open like Rumi punched the the light in the wall (laughs) for it but i hadn't put the and then i realized like i've i noticed that i 
um, you know, I can get away with certain things with certain people that I might be not that I wouldn't do necessarily. I got so, but again, like, and then you in your mind, you're thinking because okay, well, I do this because of this, but it's really about it's really about protection. Right. And it's always been about protection. And that's the thing about abandonment issues and your brain. It's very hard to get a brain to feel safe when it doesn't know how to feel safe. Right. It's never never felt safe. At this point in my life, I've had enough safety that I I know it. And, And to be honest with you right now, I actually feel pretty good. There's things that I'm not happy about with myself. Yeah. But there's always going to be things yeah. that are I'm not happy with. No, I mean that's a pretty that's, that's actually a pretty good place to be in, I think is aware enough to to know that there's things you might not be happy with, but um you're accepting of them too and and just realizing like, hey, you know what? They're there. I'm not going to ignore them, but right now it's just not a, um, you know, it's the smoke alarm, but it's not a fire. Yeah, I don't have a, I don't have a a five alarm going on. I don't even have, like, I don't even have, like, something on the stove. Like, it's just starting. I get what you're saying. It's just, it's, it's, some, you know what, and maybe this is it, too, is that I'm more comfortable feeling that way. So, letting myself feel good when I don't even think I should be feeling good is hard right at the time you know what I mean because right. it's, it's relative but that's to all, the experience it goes back to the the neuroscience though I think that is like with the synapses well know? right so it's like you're allowing it and you're let it, you're 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 letting it happen which is a good thing right you know? but you're also not hanging out in it all the time yeah. but but you know Brain and you fog and everything I don't know else. If you, you know, you, I don't know if you can hang out at the same fishing spot, you know, 24-7, you know. I think you might want to change it up once in a while. Well, yeah, because if you fished everything in there, what are you going to do? Right. You're going to catch and release the same carp you just right. caught? Yeah. No. No, I'm not. No. I will not. Thank you very much. Actually, I've never fished before, so. You never fished? No, dude, I've never fished Are you before. kidding me? No, I kid you not. <laughs> God, no. dude, I, you got to remember something. I almost drowned. That's true. I was there was a long time where you didn't like the you were. Oh, I I like the water, but you weren't gonna get me out in a boat. You weren't gonna get me like okay. There's like now, like I love the ocean. Like I'll go boogie board. You know what I mean? Right. I'll go yeah, out yeah. and jump in the waves and stuff. Okay. But but yeah, I've never I never fished. I didn't like worms. I didn't, I wasn't yeah. like that. And I grew up in, like, I mean, yes, I, know, I grew up city. by the canal, but, you know, I wasn't even supposed to be playing by the canal. Right. So, so I never fished, man. Huh. And I, it's like sucks because I actually kind of want to learn now. That's got to be on Will Foley's uh, Wikipedia page, Fact or Fiction. Has yes. he ever fished? Has he, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, my Fact or Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Well, it goes to show that the brain is a very complicated. Yes, as we, yes device. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, device that, and divisive. And I think, and I think that's part of the reason why some of us get into this, these state of minds, is because it's so complicated, 
and because it can hijack things, you know, it senses danger and then sometimes tricks us into believing there is danger. Right. You know? It's that it's that old feeling of going to the principal's office. And I still and I still get that to this day. I noticed though in recent weeks and months that feeling has gone away. Hmm. Because I'm comfortable with my place where I'm at. Right, so that that that's so the it helps of that. me, yes, because I'm also comfortable around the people right. that generate right, right. that feeling. That or not not that they generate that feeling I that they mean. would normally. Yes. that a person in that position would normally generate that feeling for me. Like yeah, obviously, like people in some sort of leadership position. And gotcha. this has just come up because I've had to answer some questions myself about myself. And well, what a, I am and who I am. That's and, not a bad thing, I don't think, right? No, not at all. Yeah. But you realize, though, there's blind spots. And there's still blind spots. No matter how much you learn, there's still blind spots. Yeah. And I there's like probably that. always going to be blind spots. It's just that we have to recognize that there might be a blind spot. Because if you drive the same piece of road every day, and you make that corner every day, you may not necessarily see that kid on that bike one day. Right? Mm. Because you're crossing over that same street. Right. You're used to it. You're not used to seeing it. And then all of a sudden something throws up in your in your in your vision and whoa, it changes right. it. And it's like they I don't know I don't know if this is true. I, I remember reading a study um about like act like automobile accidents and the like like the most are like fall in the category of first year drivers. And like over fifty year drivers, right? It's the it's the in it's the inability of the new driver, right, to have any experience the in, the the less experience, mm -hmm. and then the experienced driver who just takes everything for granted, right? And that's that. And again, that goes to the human condition, though. Oh yeah, yeah. so many of us take just everything for granted. That's the reason why I think we can't talk about death is because we take life for granted that we don't want to think that we're going to end. We know we're going to, but we don't want to talk about it because that makes it real. Oh, for yeah, yeah. But just like we don't want to talk about mental illness or things because oh my god, that makes it real. Right. Oh no, that means I have this responsibility to do something about it. Mm. And that, that's a scary, that's a scary it scenario is. for people. That's why we do our part every Wednesday. That's right. Join us every Wednesday, everywhere you pod. We're marching on. We hope you're enjoying the episodes. Um, coming up in August, we're going to be at the Summer on Central Concert Series. That's later in August. We'll have that up coming up soon. Summer is raging on here everywhere. Um, so make sure you get out and enjoy the sun. Take your shoes off. Put your feet in the grass. Get out there. Just put some sunscreen on. Protect yourself. Okay? Got it? You got got it. it? Good. Until then, get well. Be safe. Stay. Above. 
Ooh. Thank you for giving us a listen. New episodes every Wednesday. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can share, rate, review, and even subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Other ways to support the show? Follow us on social media. Share the content. Share our episodes. You can also buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash above ground pod. For further concerns, show ideas, or just to say hi, you can email us at abovegroundpodcast at gmail. Once again, thank you for listening and supporting mental health. Keep the conversation going and stay above.